Hello, and welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. We are rapidly approaching that 50-episode mark. What a thrill. It is great to have you here yet again. Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. The only podcast that my mum regularly listens to. Never misses an episode. That's confronting. It's great to have all of you here yet again. I'm recording this on a, an untraditionally Sunday. Usually, I'd be at church giving my praise for uh, all the, the bounty that the Lord bestows upon me. Praise Allah. But no, not uh, not this week. This week, I'm recording the podcast because last time, I don't know if you guys remember this. I don't know if you guys are long-term listeners, by which I mean at least seven days. But uh, last time, I recorded on a Thursday. Sure enough, that afternoon, it comes out Dom Perrottet uh, loves a little bit of Nazi cosplay. A little, a little bit of... A little bit of Goering dress up, and don't we all? And uh, you better believe that didn't come out on the podcast the following Tuesday. So I, I waited a whole 10 days after that story broke to even mention it. And I don't know if you guys are aware of the news cycle, but it is uh, infamously very fast moving. And by the time I spoke about it, no one gave a shit. No one. And here I was trying to make a, a, an endearing political point, and I meant to say enduring political point what we're gonna we're gonna get rid of a premier what because he just likes to to reenact world war ii at an 18th birthday from time to time what are we we're, we're getting rid of a, a a politician for what god forbid our new south wales premier has a little bit of bloody banter about him am i right <laughs> he's cut oh, I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry you can't be a straight white man and have a bit of have have a bit of fun from time to time <laughs> Oh no, <clears throat> but you know, so it's it's Sunday Sunday morning right now, and knowing my luck, this afternoon it's going to come out that Gladys Berejiklian has an OnlyFans, and Scott Morrison still does blackface. Not even that he used to, still does it. On Australia Day, it was very tasteless. Um, I, now I'm only speculating here. I'm uh, and all of all of the content on Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking, is purely for satire purposes, and and I presume that is a firewall against any legal attack, but. Here's hoping, here's hoping we get no meaningful news uh, anytime within the next, what is that, 36 hours? If we, if we can go 36 hours without a political scandal, um, now obviously I am going to dive headfirst into the police brutality issue in the United States, absolutely not, not fucking touching that. I don't know if you guys have watched any of that footage yet, it's full on. And um, that's about as much as I'm going to say about it. In the meantime, I'm going to go to a, a news source I do feel comfortable commenting on, Daily Mail. Not even Daily Mail Australia, Daily Mail UK. I'm, uh, I'm having a look on the Daily Mail Instagram because if you can't get the news across to me in the form of a caption on top of a photo, I'm not interested. If you can't get it to me in front, if you can't get to me all the meaningful information in a 600 by 600 pixel square with a maximum 12 words. I'm not, I'm not engaging. It's, I don't have time for that. Give me the headline. Give me the headline so I can go on with my life. But um, look, Daily Mail, a, a, a fantastic source of news for those who have just learned to read. Uh, if, 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 if big words aren't your thing, you, you can rest assured, dailymail.co.uk, maximum two syllables. Maximum, I'm having a look at this. All right, I, I take, in, in the first headline, um, we do have some three-syllable words. One of them is Rihanna. 
No. So I th- I think you can I think you can I think you can deal with that. And just in case you're not sure, if you say that that's a lot of letters, I'm not going to read it. There is a picture of Rihanna. So nothing to worry about. I'm sure you can get your head around it. I have all the faith in the world in you. Um, this is, I mean, truly, if if you ever need. Uh, reinforcement or reassurance that the news is not worth paying attention to almost ever. Um, I mean, one of the news stories about Kobe Bryant, Bryant, Kobe Bryant. Oh my goodness. That's a, that was an unintentional horrific pun. That was, you know, when they say no pun intended, that's, that was one of the few instances where there actually was no pun intended, but it came out and it was bad. Kobe Bryant, uh, three years on from his death, tributes pour in. How is that news? Do we really need to know about that? Do we, you know, what, why is it that because something happened, something tragic happened on that same day, several years later, we have to hear about it, but enough about Australia Day. Am I right? Fuck, not touching that either. Uh, I will come back to Australia though, because it is my birthday, which is fitting um, for someone who looks the way that I do. Uh, you would make some presumptions about how I would feel about that. And maybe, maybe those aren't deserved. But uh, I'm going to leave that purposefully ambiguous because I'm in no place. Call, call me, I am nothing but a fan of politicians, and I think the way that no one in the political sphere who has any real power ha- has made much of an effort to, to sit on either side of the fence is nothing but uh, hugely um, uh, applaudable, you know. Bill, good on, not Bill Sean, what's his fucking name? Anthony Albanese, just really, you know... It's a tough day for some, but also happy Australia Day. All right, let's shut off the auto queue and get the fuck out of here before anyone has any questions because I, I'm not willing to take a stand on any of this. Um, that's that's how I feel. I'm open to all... I, you know, as long as I am ambiguous on all the big issues, I, I sort of feel that uh, I, I can't alienate anybody. And, you know, I think if, if you look at the state of Australian entertainment right now, the best you can hope for is uh, millions of, you know, semi-entertained fans. Just millions of people who know your name and are willing to buy a ticket based on that alone. And they're not really expecting a whole lot from you, Nazim Hussain. But in saying that, there now, now, was that worth it? Was bringing him into this worth it for my career? That's, you know, and more importantly, was taking a moment to reflect on the name that I just said and thus really putting a big highlight around the fact that I brought him into this. Was that worth it? Um, it, it? Only time will tell. I'll say not. This fucking Australian industry has never welcomed me in. I've been knocking at the door for five years now, and they, they've, they're pretending they're not home. They've turned the lights off and hid behind the couch. It's, 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 it's pathetic, you know. Oh, God. Should I come out as trans? No, no, probably not. Um, look, here's, here's what I've got, to, I, I've got to tell you some things. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my birthday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break... Uh, one of the only uh, truly sacred codes in 21st century and play some clips from a, a group chat that don't know that I'm going to be doing that. Um, I'm going to uh, tell you a little bit about a horrific gig I did last... It wasn't actually a bad gig. I'm going to tell you about two horrific crowd members in a, in a gig that I did last night. And um, But before I do any of that, let's have, a, let's have a little dig through the Daily Mail, shall we? Let's go through the Instagram. Priest who died, in inverted commas, Claims he went to hell and saw demons singing Rihanna's umbrella to torture people. I mean, that's you got. We got to know about that, don't we? Eleven thousand likes. Eleven thousand people. Eleven thousand people thought, "Thank you, Daily Mail, for letting me know about this. Thank you, Daily Mail, for spreading the word." 
Um, and then what else have we got? And uh, Kobe Bryant dead three years ago. We know. Um, scientists confirm most handsome man in the world. Oh, my goodness. Singer Akon sparks outrage by claiming men are superior to women. Oh, you just can't say anything these days, can you? You really can't. The, the, the bloody PC police, the, the woke mob, will strike down any once relevant R&B early 2000s singers just for saying something that might be construed as misogynist in that it is clearly misogynist. I mean, this is the thing that I have against these sorts of commentators and the Andrew Tates of the world. Where's the subtlety? And that's what I appreciate. That's what I love about like a Ben Shapiro or a Jordan Peterson is they're not outwardly obvious when they are uh, blanketly dismissing women as inferior. That they, they really hide it behind some rhetoric. You know, Jordan Peterson will come in and say, oh, well, some women are just more fit to be mothers. They're, they're, they're best spent in the home looking. That's what they were intended for. And that's that's nice. That's some really covert misogyny. That's something I can get around. And then you've got Andrew Tate and oh, women are property. They belong to us. Like, yeah, we know, dude. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, hey, if you hear me laughing, it's not actually because I felt the need to laugh. It's because I need to signal to a lot of people that this is a joke. That's what I've learned from comedy. That's my, my five-year lesson from comedy is uh, despite the fact you're on stage at a comedy club holding a microphone, a lot of people won't necessarily pick up on the fact it's a joke. It's a real shame. It's a, it's a true occupational hazard in my line of work, but one you come to be used to in time. Um, now, which of these two articles would you like me to talk about? Which of these hard-hitting news articles are you more ta- are you more kind of um, attracted to conjoined twin babies separated after painstaking 11-hour historic surgery or parents in four-way relationship open about open up about polyfamorous lifestyle <laughs> and you know here's two stories next to each other literally next to each other in the grid of the Daily Mail UK one of them about conjoined twins who went through an 11-hour surgery the other about a family of four children who have an equal number of parents. For, well, I mean, that's not, that is usually what happens. No. Four children with four parents is, is just. And so you have this story about these kids who have gone through this horrible, traumatizing, just despicable experience. And then you have this story about two conjoined twins separated through an 11-hour historic surgery. And it's which, which should we be leaning into? I don't know. Imagine having four parents and you know, oh, and they're all fucking, oh God. I just have so much judgment towards this and I, and I stick by it. Oh, only 5,000 likes. A little bit more controversial. Rihanna, 11,000. 5,000 with a polyfamorous lifestyle. 3,000 for the conjoined twins separated after 11 hour historic surgery. Do like that. Appreciate that. Twins survive life-threatening surgery. Yeah. Parents in polyfamorous lifestyle. Well, they put a pun in there. I appreciate that. That's about twice as exciting. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A priest lied about hearing Rihanna in hell? Oh, i got to hear about this. Jay Leno breaks his collarbone in a motorcycle accident. 1,700 likes. Fair enough. Yeah, that is far and away the least. Oh, and here's one about Andrew Tate as well. Andrew Tate can't handle Romanian jail. He's complaining about cockroaches and lice in his jail cell. 4,000 likes. Still, wow. I thought that would have gotten some traction. 
Are you learning things, people? Are you, do you feel like you've you've grown and matured as an individual, having been uh, exposed to, to the to the the news commentary of shows from respect? Tom Whitcomb is talking. Doja Cat continues to push fashion boundaries as she attends Victor and Rolf's Paris show. Wow, that sh- that she is constantly constantly pushing boundaries. Hunter shot dead when his dog stepped on rifle trigger. Do like that. 6,000 likes, pretty good. Look, I think if we can learn anything from all of this, it's uh, jump onto the Daily Mail Instagram and learn yourself something and get get up to date with what's happening in the world. Now, out of interest, just I'm not going to comment on this. Let's see, let's go. Um, the BBC has uh, four articles about police brutality in the US where a man was beaten to death by six police officers uh, and uh, a, a, a quote from the Israeli Prime Minister about swift response after attacks. And yet... Not a single mention of this polyfamorous relationship on the BBC. I just don't understand. What are they? What are these journalists even doing? What are they? What are they wasting their time on? Thousands protesting Australia invasion day rallies. Yes, I know, but what about the priest who died and heard Rihanna? Where is the BBC has really fallen off? They could learn something from the Daily Mail. So, uh, look, there's, there's the hard-hitting news for you. You're, you're up to date. It's a Sunday morning. That's, it's, a kind of, it's a news morning, you know. That's what you do. That's what you used to do. Once a week, you'd get the paper and you'd go, okay, how many horrible things happened overseas this week? And I'll engage with it for the next 15 to 20 minutes. I'll read a headline. I might even scan through a few articles. I'll look at some pictures. I'll go, wow. So sad. And then I'll move on with my day. And whereas now, you know, there's an earthquake in Yemen and we all have to mark ourselves safe on Facebook just in case we felt like we were going to finally take that trip we've always talked about to Yemen. Hey, does anyone know where Yemen is? Let's look it up. We're all learning things today. Yemen. Officially, the Republic of Yemen is a country in Western Asia situated on the southern end of the Arabian Peninsula and borders Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's what I thought. That is what I thought. That's what I was, I was going to say that. Um, but Wikipedia backed me up. So, there we go. Oh, I have to tell you about this. I have to... F- fuck everything else I was going to talk about. Um, I watched this video on YouTube. I don't know if you guys are big YouTube watchers. If you're not, you should be. It's the new It's the new TV. It's the new lowest common denominator. Watch Mr. Beast just convince... I don't know if you guys know who Mr. Beast is. I think I've talked about it in the past. He is... Mr. Beast is the price is right for YouTube. It's the modern day game show. It is idiots sacrificing all of their time and effort and dignity to to win. I mean, what was like an $800 washing machine, but now is like a Tesla or a, a million dollars in cold, hard cash. That's what Mr. Beast has given away. Mr. Beast, I saw a video, I'm sure I've talked about this, but you know, it's been a while. There have been a lot of, there's been a lot of listening and, and showing some respect to Tom Whitcomb uh, since I talked about this last. Mr. Beast, he set up this challenge where he got a, a big football field and he, he drew a big red circle in the very middle of it and he said the last one in the circle wins a million dollars. There were like a hundred people, I think, who were in the competition. The winner was in the circle for like eight days. Who has the time? Who are these fucking people? True, oh man. It's very, and, and you know, well... 
I was one of the morons who watched the entire video to see how it ended. And guess what? how it ended? With a part two, because there were six people who wouldn't leave the fucking circle, so they had to turn it into a game of hide and seek. This is a true story. These are things that really happened. This is the world we live in, people. But that's not the YouTube video I wanted to talk to you about. The YouTube video I want to talk to you about is far more engaging. There is a, a website, I can't remember what it's called, and you know, I don't, I don't respect them enough to give them the credit. Uh, if you Google this, this will come up. Where what they do... They get two groups of people who disagree about something. Now, obviously, you must be thinking, but Tom, how are we in 2023 to find people who disagree on things? Well, they find a way. They manage to find a way to find two groups of people who have directly opposite opinions on almost everything. But Tom, how are we going to find people who are so divided on things they probably don't really understand that much about? I, I don't know how they, they did it. Some... Magic feat of casting. They found a way. My favorite one so far. There's been a few. So it's kind of like liberals versus Republicans. So usually there's kind of a twist. So the ones that I've seen so far have been um, uh, liberal parents versus conservative children, which might has be, have, as well have been uh, liberals versus conservative morons. It is, it is quite confronting as someone who once was a teenager to realize how fucking stupid these kids are. They just have no, no means. It was just, it was like watching, it, it, they might as well have gotten them to fight. They might as well, it might as well have been dads versus sons in the cage, um, but the intellectual version of. Um, there's another one, oh, there's, what, I'll see if I can find some other ones, but the one that I saw, which I loved, by the way, truly, truly loved, was feminists versus anti-feminists. Now, doesn't sound that exciting, but then I pointed this out. All male. Male feminists versus male anti-feminists are just eight dudes sitting around talking about abortion the way the Lord intended. Okay, and obviously every time they have any of these conversations about women, every one of the male feminists have to be like, well, first of all, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that we are uh, a bunch of privileged men sitting in a room discussing women's rights without any women in the room. It's like, yeah, we get the point of the video. We, I clicked it. I get it. And then also the anti-feminists being like, well, what does that have to do with anything? What, we don't get a say in it? It's my child too. It, it, was, it was so... Just eight young men who never got laid and found vastly different coping mechanisms. Just eight dudes who never in their life got any female attention, and four of them went, oh, you know, actually, feminism is really important to me. Well, you know, uh, actually, like, I think Hillary Clinton would have made a great president. And then the other four are like, fucking women! Fucking, oh, fucking women! And that was pretty much... And they're like, well, I guess this is us now. These are our bipolar identities for the rest of our lives. Uh, you got to check it out. It's very, it's a lot of fun. And look, to be fair, um, it is, for the most part, quite a respectful debate. But and, and there are some clever people in there, but also some morons on both sides. And that is pretty fun. Uh, there's also female feminists versus female anti-feminists. That's a good one. What else they got? It's called Jubilee is the page. Um, you would have heard some of it in the background there because I am unprofessional. 90-year-olds versus 9-year-olds. Africans versus African-Americans. Oh, my goodness. 
This is Africans versus African. That's the name of the video. I don't even want to be, I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want to pick up whatever cookies that's going to leave on my machine. I'm uh, not clicking on that one. Um, oh, boy. Well, look, you know, that's, uh, there's, there's a bit of a recommendation for you. Go watch that. Go waste an afternoon on YouTube. Wouldn't have been the first time for me. So I, I, uh, I turned 31 on Thursday, which is uh, truly, truly frightening. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm on the way out. It's most of the dreams are over. I've come to terms with that. Most of the dreams are dead and buried. Um, it's pretty much a stand-up comedy. And to be honest, even that, I'm like, I'm running out of time. I got four years. I have until 35. That's the way I look at it. I pretty much have 35 until 35 to make it um, because I, I got a I got a wedding to plan. I got to move overseas. I got to have a baby. And I should say, if at any point my fiance does listen to this, when I say got to, I'm dying. I cannot wait. I can't wait to build a life with you. And now that you've turned off the podcast, guys, I'm so I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid I'm going to have to live a life like the rest of you just to raise children and go to a job and just... <sighs> my kids are my legacy. Uh, fuck you. You know, just... Oh, my goodness. Just, um, just... Just... Just become famous in the arts. You know, if you really care about life, that's what it's all about, I think. Sometimes I stop. I was at the beach the other day and you see all these people who are... It's like 7 a.m. at the beach... And you can tell they're there every weekend and they're like obviously obsessed with it. They all, they, they, they have watercraft they store there or they volunteer lifesave every weekend. I'm like, why would you ever want to do this? And then I remembered that that night I had to go and do a comedy gig at the back of a pub to 12 people. And I'm like, hmm, no, but mine's important, but mine's real. Mine's a real thing. This, what is it? The water? That's what you're, that's what, that's your passion in life. The water. That, that's one thing. Sure. You know, that's. That's fine. I don't know where I was going with that. The point is, I turned 31, and uh, my birthday is Australia Day, which used to be great, and now is less so. And um, I guess I still get a public holiday, whatever. It just, it used to be so good. It used to be so good, and I'm not going to even touch the social issue of it all, because why would I? But um, <laughs> what I would... What I, what I what I would say is I went down to Bronte Beach on the day celebrating my birthday, not the not the nation, not no, not the nation, the nation, ce- the celebration of the nation that was just happening in the background. What is happening? Hello. All right. Twice now, someone has come. And I think knocked. At the, I can't tell. I can't tell. Someone's fucking with me. The point being, I'm at the beach. I'm not celebrating the nation. Other people have Australian flags around them. And, and and that is their right and or a real problem. Who's to say? But what I was just, I, and I've talked about this before, just uh, there's a there's a conglomerate of 12 can't have been older than 11-year-old girls, all of them in G-string bikinis, very confronting. Some of them with Australian flag tattoos on their ass cheeks. Who's doing that for them? Who's, is that the parents? Are the parents to blame? I, I often think so. And... They walk past me and uh, and Beatty and my and my girlfriend is there the whole time. The whole time she's there, she can she can vouch for me. Nothing happened. Nothing. I I kept my hands and my eyes to myself. I to the ground. And they walk past me, and I just hear one of them say to the other one, "Fuck off, bitch." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, the world is in such horrible hands." You see a few too many reports of Greta Thunberg. You're like, "Yeah, they're all like this, aren't they? They're all very uh, responsible and sustainable, and they care about the environment." No. Now, there's there is a there is a decent proportion of them who uh, are, are still just as bad as we all were, and possibly getting worse. And and obviously, 
I don't like to criticize younger generations un- unnecessarily because I remember um, being a young man and and having the older generations question our value to society. And, and that was hard for my generation to deal with, and I think harder than the younger generations because my generation wasn't a, a total pile of shit. So who's to, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's cyclical in many ways. Where was this going? Look, all right. I'm going to be honest, guys. The, the, the people knocking on the door have, has really rattled me. I was, in a good, I was in a good mood. I don't think it's people knocking on the door in hindsight. I don't know what's happening. I'm very, I'm very confused. Um, but all right, I've got, I've got to bring this home. I've got to wrap this bad boy up. Here's, here's, what I have, here's what I have for you. This is what happened to me last night. Last night, I don't know if you can tell, I'm feeling a little sick. Not feeling, a, not feeling myself. Not feeling 100%. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, uh, it's yesterday, uh, I've gone out for lunch, I've come home, it's, it's so hot, it's so hot, it's hot enough in Sydney, I'm starting to care about climate change, and um, it's, uh, it's uncomfortable in the apartment, it's stuffy, I come home, we have dinner, and then I, I'm like, oh, I've got to go out and do stand-up, and I'm headlining for this gig, it's only 10 minutes, but I'm headlining, I'm getting paid, I'm like, I can't drop out of it, I've got to go, I've got to put my f- suit on in a 30 degree day is miserable. That is no good. And I get there. I get there at the halftime break. It's at the East Sydney. Uh, I'm not going to... It's in East Sydney. And uh, I get there. I talk to the MC. I'm like, how's it going? He's like, ah, it's, it's okay. So there's this guy in the middle of the crowd who is just... Uh, he's, he's causing some issues. And I'm like, what's he doing? He's like, he's, he's kind of trying to contribute. He's trying to laugh. But apparently when the girls are on stage, he's like yelling out problematic shit. And he's like calling out nice legs and stuff. I'm like, oh, man, that's not good. And they point him out, and he is oh, he's sus looking. He's Now, I thought when I heard, there's a guy here, he's drunk, he's causing trouble. I just go straight to, like, 29-year-old dude. Nah, this guy, like, early 50s with a group of friends, like two couples in their 50s. This guy looks like he... This guy looks like he runs the IT department at your work, but also gets up to some sus shit on the weekends. What you don't really want to ask too many questions. Some real kind of like, you ever see that, that uh, show, The Staircase? Kind of like that guy. Kind of like that. Real, real wife-murdering vibes to this guy. Anyway, I never saw him do anything. I never saw him actually act up. I just heard things. And then uh, what happened was the guy who ran the show actually went and had a word to this guy and said, hey, mate, you gotta, you, you got, you're causing some issues. You've got you to gotta pipe down. And second half starts. The guy does the thing that no pests at a comedy show ever do, learn their lesson, because he's great. The rest of the night, he keeps to himself. He doesn't yell out. He doesn't do anything inappropriate. He's, he's actually being very, very respectful, and I'm like, well, good on him. All power to him. What a, what a good guy. Unfortunately, two 20-something-year-old dudes, the ones I picked in the first place, the ones you expect, just thought, oh, is, is he not doing this anymore? We'll take it from here. We'll be the fucking pests for the rest of the night. These two guys sitting in the front row, one British, one Scottish, both sunburned to shit, like they've just spent the entire weekend at a learn-to-surf course in Bondi in Bondi Beach, just true scum-of-the-earth shit. I mean, now, I know that thing that I just said actually doesn't make them sound too bad, but you got to take my word on it. These guys were such pricks. I really... Every now and then, it's not very often that you watch a gig take place, especially when you are waiting to go up and you see these guys and you just think to yourself, I hate you with every fiber of my... I hate you. I hate that I'm here. I hate that this has to happen because they are talking through... They're sitting in the front row. 
They're sitting in the front row. They are taking turns, like just so obliviously staring at their phones. One of them is wearing sunglasses indoors, the kind of sunglasses that professional cricketers wear, or like the Tour de France riders, you know, those kind of fluoro-reflective ones. He's a fucking tosspot. They're both, there's two of them, they're taking up four chairs between them because they both have their thighs propped up on the chair next to them. Just real trash. I, I really, they get, you know, MCRs their names, they give fake names. They're just absolute tool bags. And everybody's set. They're doing this thing. It's it, it was like the real kind of, what do they call it? Peanut gallery bullshit where it's like someone would say something. I went to the doctor the other day and one would go, oh, did you? And the other one would say, what do you do at the doctor? My doctor's not too bad. And it was like, I know it was Irish. But you got to just take them. They had annoying British accents, different versions of, you know, one of them posh English, the other one Glaswegian, both enormous pieces of shit. And every, you just can't, they were just talking through the whole thing. And when they weren't talking, they're were on their phone or they're talking to each other or they're like walking to the bar through the gig with no respect for it at all. It was just miserable. It was, and it's so hard because the rest of the crowd who want to engage can't, they can't see you without looking through these two dudes. And you can't, they can't hear you without kind of trying to block them out. They're just being the absolute worst. My my mate Jacob Lingard, great comic, had the funniest line to them. I laughed a lot. Where he goes, um, "My uh, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's so attractive. She's so attra- attractive." And one of these guys in the crowd goes, "Oh, is she good? Good for you, lad. Good mate. Good. Yeah, nice one. Just can't help themselves." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah. There's she." Jacob says to these guys, "Yeah, she's so she is so hot. You you two would definitely put something in her drink. Just great stuff. Truly great stuff." Anyway, I'm headlining. I'm going up, and I'm the whole time like, how do I handle this thing? Like, because there's part of me which is like, I need to be honest. I need to tell people how I'm feeling. But all I'm going to do is just hurl abuse at these two guys because I do truly despise them. Now, caveat: I am also not feeling a hundred percent, so I'm I am uh, quite vulnerable to to perhaps exaggerating my emotions. But in saying that, at the time, hated these two. I don't know if that's coming across. Hated these two so much. But I'm like, if I don't say anything, they're just going to talk through the whole thing. If I engage them, if I try to talk to them. And then you do that. another thing which is really hard to do is like you do the kind of school teacher scolding thing. You're like, hey, guys, sorry, I'm just going to have to ask you. Could you, could you just please keep it down for a little while? And then you got to go, guys, seriously, this is getting out of hand. You guys need to need to. I almost just wanted to make them leave. I should have just made them. But what if I if I was like, hey, can you guys just leave? And they were like, why have we got to leave, mate? What's the problem? It's a fucking just. Anyway, I get on stage. One of them leaves. Leaves the Glaswegian guy. The other guy's gone to buy beers. And so I kind of start off and I and I managed to do a little bit of sort of playful banter. Like I'm kind of, there's a girl to the side who is literally falling asleep in her boyfriend's arms. I'm like, this girl uh, isn't even pretending to be awake anymore. And I would have been offended by that. But then I saw these two guys and I thought, actually, that might be a great option. If you guys could like kind of pick up on what she's doing, that would be, that would be ideal. And um, I kind of riff on how much I hate these two guys, but it's sort of playful and it's fun. And the guy who's left, at, admittedly, the better of the two. The Glaswegian guy, a bit more of a sense of humor, a little bit more respectful. The other guy, total wanker. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of given, I'm, I'm, I'm having a bit of back and forth with this guy. And it's pretty, you know, I'm, it's a little bit roasty, but it's in good spirits. We're bantering more than anything. His mate comes back. I kind of forgot that I've built some goodwill with the other guy and I just go after his mate the way that I had been going after him and uh, he does not take to it well. Now, remember, this guy, bigger asshole, 
uh, more obnoxious, more of a prick, just generally. He does not take kindly to me up there just going for him straight away. And he, I could tell, I just saw the switch in his mind. He just makes his point of like, I fucking hate this guy. He's like, who the fuck's this guy? And it's, it's, who's this fucking guy? I think he's his fucking suit. And I'm like, oh, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sure I remind you of your father. I mean, at least what you remember of him before he left. Now, a lot of people in the back at this point are starting to get like a little bit, oh, this is getting, this isn't fun, lighthearted banter anymore. This is genuine hatred because they were observant and I genuinely hated these guys. And so I kind of just start, I, I sort of start running my material and I can tell this, this guy, especially the English one, Glaswegian one, okay, the English one is just looking for an excuse to like rip shit through. Every time a punchline doesn't land, he's like, oh yeah, nice one, mate, fucking nice one. And he's like mocking the Australian accent, whatever, anyway. I'm like, I'm just going to plow through my material. I'm just going to plow through it. And then every time I start doing it and I'm doing my stuff and it's going all right. I'm getting some big laughs. And every now and then these two guys genuinely laugh. at They can't help themselves but laugh. And I'm like, I've, I say this to them. I'm like, I knew it. I knew you'd love my shit. I knew you'd like, you can't help it. Can you, you want to not laugh, but I'm too good. And that gets a good response. And then I would try another joke. I get too confident that would die. And then they would just go straight back to hating me and giving me shit. And I win them back again. And oh, it was just back and forth and back and forth. And then, it was like a game of tennis. It was like the Australian Open was taking place in the back of a bar, except way, way more privilege. And um, it was, I don't know if I'm even telling this coherently, but the point of being is it was very antagonistic between these, between me and these two guys. And I, I tell, I go into this little routine I have about cancer, you know, just a little bit lighthearted, some lighthearted stuff about pancreatic cancer. And it, it dies, it dies. These guys have a go at me for, for obviously kind of bombing on that joke. I'm like, oh, shit, I need to pull this out. I need, to, I, need to, I need to end on a win. I need to end on a win. I have this thing about threesomes, and uh, in the time that I go into this bit, the Glaswegian guy's left, so it's just me and the pricky English guy, and, we're going, and I'm doing a thing about threesomes, and I think, oh, yeah, some of my mates think the greatest thing in the world would be to have a threesome. And this guy goes, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. And I'm like... Uh, Oh, no, sorry, to be clear, I'm in a threesome with two women, not not the kind of threesomes you and your mate do. You know, the threesomes you go, like, after this, you'd probably go find a third guy and go have a great time together and no judgment. And now, let me just take a moment to say, pretty regressive to just insult someone by calling them gay. Um, but also, you got to play their game. You know, I could tell by this guy's fucking slips cord and sunglasses and his boat shoes. This was the best way to get to, to what would really upset him. It's just to kind of insinuate that he likes men, uh, which is obviously okay, but he doesn't think it is. So I'm playing his game, and I'm 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 getting him, I'm getting him, and I and I let and I and I and I have a big go at him for being gay, which is you know the height of comedy. Big laugh, and I said, you know what, I'm getting out of here, I'm leaving. I point to the guy and say, hey, mum, Chris Green, apologies for the language. I say, hey. Fuck you. I said, when your friend gets back, tell him, fuck him as well. Fuck you guys. The rest of you have been great, but fuck you too. I'm out of here. See ya. And I walk off the stage and straight away I'm like, oh my God, I just threw a tantrum. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a professional. I'm being paid to be here. I felt so guilty. And then the MC gets on stage and goes, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you too. Everyone, everyone in the crowd on the count of three, one, two, three. And the whole crowd just go, fuck you to these two guys. And it was the height of my comedy career. I know... It's, it's immature, and I'm a 31-year-old man, and I just 
and, I, and, and I'm a professional, but also, oh, it was so cathartic. It felt so good. Just that moment when you realize everybody else hates this person as much as you do. I couldn't have asked. That was the best birthday gift I could have asked for. And with that, I'm exhausted. I'm still sick. It's really hot. And uh, that, that, that telling the story took me on a bit of an emotional journey. I hope it was, uh, I got a little bit too into it. I, I hope you enjoyed it. But look, I got to call it. Guys, this has been too much. Oh, well, I think it's been another good episode. We're on a hot streak, guys. I don't know if you're enjoying this, but you should because it's not going to last forever. These, these podcasts this year, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hot. You should tell your mates about it because I'm trying to get more listeners so I can uh, make a career of this. But until then, I'm just going to keep pumping them out and hoping for the best. So keep listening. Keep telling your friends. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. I'll see you next time on Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb's talking.